0: Hello, welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts here, Dana Osband, here with my friend Chavruta and Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Yuma, daf I Zayin, page 77. Uh, we'll be sending out some more information about our upcoming Siyum, which God willing will be in two weeks. Please register today. Let us know if you want to join us by offering some Torah and some reflections on this Masachet. Um, we look forward to seeing everybody soon. Uh, the beginning of the staff really starts with a very interesting and long Agatha. Um And unfortunately, because of, both Anne and I mentioned to each other that we felt like we didn't particularly get enough uh, time to really sit with it and to think about uh, what exactly is going on here. Um, but I'm just going to sort of pull out two small pieces from that agarata. And essentially what that agarata is talking about and this piggybacks off a little bit to something that I mentioned uh, yesterday. staff, is there's a whole discussion about Daniel. And one of the things that happens at the end of Daniel is, is that he has a series of sort of conversations or visions with different malachim, with different angels. And so sort of going off on what happens in Daniel with the angels, the Gemara here goes through a series of sukim that really appear in Yechezkel, um, and discuss this very interesting story that happened with the Malach of Gabriel. with Gabriel. Um, and one of the things that it describes in Yechezkel, um, and this is really sort of a linking of something that takes place in Daniel in, in Parak Yud in chapter 10, and comparing it to a pasuk that they find in Yechezkel, also Yechezkel Perak Yud in, in chapter 10, um, where it basically says that um, Hashem is, you know, basically God is very, very angry. at Everybody, you know, at, at the Jewish people, and he basically says he's going to have to uh, burn uh, the the good and the bad together. And that right away, you know, God speaks to Gabriel, and again, it's it's odd because the conversation or the the part of that that God is angry starts off quoting a pasuk from Daniel. But then the conversation that God has with Gabriel is from Fasuk and Yecheskel, so it's sort of like going back and forth between two farm, which is very interesting. And the Basuk there talks about how, you know, Gabriel basically, you know, uh, well, God speaks speaks to Gabriel and you know speaks to a man who's clothed in linen, and basically says, "goes Go between this wheelwork and, and beneath this cherub and fill your hands with coals of the fire." That's between the cherubs, and you're going to scatter them over the city, um, and then it says afterwards that the cherub stretched his hand out, um, uh, you know, b- between the cherubs into the fire, and he took the hand, and he, you know, and he takes his embers, these embers, and he goes out, and so uh, we have an interesting understanding here. I'm a ravchana Bizna. I'm a al chasidah. So ravchana barbizna says in the name of al chasidah. So Rav, Rav Hanna bar says that basically it was not for the fact that the embers were cooled as they were basically passed from the hands of the cherub to the hand of Gavriel, right? Instead of sort of Gavriel taking the embers directly, right? even though Gabriel was told to take them directly, it seems they went to the cherub and then they went to Gabriel. This is symbolic of sort of like God's anger cooling down. And therefore there was like this remnant of B'nai Israel that was allowed to survive. That that's really what this is an allegory for. Even though God tells Gabriel to directly take the embers, the fact that there's this cooling down period shows that God was eventually going to cool down, and not everybody would be destroyed. Um, just a very interesting read of those psukim, because again, it seems like God gives one instruction, right, that the coals should be taken directly, but something else happens. The person in linen, who again is meant to be the Malach of Gabriel, does not take the coals directly. The second piece falls right afterwards that I thought was interesting, where it says, "Ukatiy habadim asher so again, they're, now they're quoting a different Patsuk from Yehazgal. This is from chapter 9, verse 11, where it says, Behold the man clothed in linen with the slate by his side, reported the matter to me, saying, I have done as you have commanded. I'm a Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, <laughs> So Rabbi Yochanan says, at that moment, they cast Gabriela from behind a curtain, a park good where all the inner angels were. And what happened? Umahiyuhu, she teamed Plusei denura, and they struck him with 60 blows, or that's what Plusei of our fire. He somehow was given like 60 lashes. Amrule, they said to him, If you did not do, you did not do it. Um, and if you did, you did do it. Why didn't you do as you were commanded? So in other words, even though the first piece that we read said it was a good thing that Gabriel didn't take the coal directly. This piece is coming to say Rabbi Yochanan saying he was punished for it because he didn't do exactly as he was commanded to do. And he got some types of lashes. Um, and then it also says, Oh, Davat. Right, and also, even if you did do it, didn't you know that you don't deliver basically, you shouldn't give a, a report about destruction directly? Now, it's kind of interesting because they're sort of saying, Gabriel, you didn't do exactly what you were supposed to do, but yet, also on the other end, you should never have delivered uh, this piece of bad news. Now, I was very taken by this like, what is this whole thing that Gabriel's being punished, the idea of punishing an angel? Right? Isn't an angel always doing just what God wants? And second of all, here we seem to see that an angel did not follow exactly what God wanted. Like, and don't you agree that in a way it's almost saying like an angel had free will? Right? Gabriel was able to deviate from what God wanted him to do, and that's something that we never say that angels can do. I don't. Really yeah, it's very know the- striking. Right. I-, I don't know the answer. I'm just raising the question. But the other piece I just want to answer here is is that apparently. Uh, that this idea of a angel being uh, punished appears in few other gemaras It appears in Chagiga um, and also in Bava Metzia, um as well. So, you know, maybe I, I think this is going to be one of these things I'm going to stick in the back of my head. When we get to Chagiga, I'm going to look at it a little bit differently. So what I'm taking out of this stuff is, yes, there's this whole long Tech here, but it's having angels behave in a way that we don't typically think of angels. We have Gabriel not doing something that he was supposed to do exactly the way he was supposed to do it. He gets punished for it. Um, But yet we start off by saying it was a good thing that he did it this way because it saved the Jewish people. But this whole idea that an angel somehow had free will and could be punished for it, it, it's just nothing that we typically learn or think about when it comes to Malachi. So I have just two small comments. One is on the
1: first piece, which is this idea that there was a diminishment of punishment because there is a cooling off because of the like the intercession of the of the crew of the cherub here that's gonna pass the coal, you know, or the embers, whatever. It's gonna take a little bit longer, a tiny bit longer to get to Gabriel. So so it's going to be um
0: well, well, not it's much a, cooler. it's basically a coach training. That's what I decided. Right.
1: So I kept thinking that also that it was a co change right? like, like in, in, in yeah. Hilchot Shabbat. But but also like Kosheni, I feel like we're talking here about what is a such a. I'm not saying it's not real, but the amount of diminishment of temperature in that you know immediate transfer, let's say, is very little. So I feel like it's making the point without like the point is that there's always going to be a a remnant of Bene Israel, and the fact that there's an intercession there between Gabriel and the. And the embers itself is is what allows them, you know, Chazal to interpret it that way. On the other hand, the actual amount of temperature diminishment is not that great. And it doesn't mean that the punishment is not for B'nai Israel is not going to be exceedingly grievous. Like, it, it, you know, I don't want to diminish what, what it's saying, but it feels like, well, that's a very small amount, you know. Well, On the other hand, the promise of a remnant is a huge promise. So you know, it, it's a little, as I said, as you said, rather, it, it's a little bit difficult, and, and I think it bears, you know, further food for thought. Um, the second thing I want to say was about the pargode, Pargod, from the second bit that you spoke about, yordana is very often this, like, code for seeing, like, literally seeing behind the curtain, right? Meaning, I understand there's a Wizard of Oz allusion there, too, but but in terms of Midrash, it shows up when, you know, um, God is going to reveal something about theodicy, right, to Moshe, to, I meaning again, in Midrash. I'm not saying, it's not in the Torah, but the, the it shows up in Midrashim about the Asar HaRu right, the 10 martyrs. Um, we speak about them on Yom Kippur, we speak about them on Tisha Bav, in the liturgy. I feel like Meachoray Pargod is, again, like this code for, um, you know, getting to understand something of the inner mysteries of how things work and the fact that we've got here an angel demonstrating free will sounds like about as inner mysteries as
0: we could get uh i would agree with that so maybe that's part of it that's an interesting thought that sort of this takes place in an inner place and you're seeing you know this mystery about the angels i i don't know i'm I'm curious if anyone listening to this if you have thoughts on this please 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 share with us
1: <laughs> okay, now I'm going to take us to Amad Bet, where I'm going to get, but uh, there's also some Agatha on Amad Bet, but I want to focus on what is some basic halacha, and it's almost surprising that there isn't more of this basic halacha on these dapin. Be- once we're talking about the Inuim, uh, the afflictions of Yom Kippur, here we've got what I would call the exceptions, Tana or some exceptions, Tana banan, Asur Miksat Gufo Gufo, we're talking about, again, the prohibitions on Yom Kippur, specifically in this case, the prohibition against washing, against bathing. So the Gemara says it is prohibited to wash part of your body to the same degree that you would be prohibited to wash your whole body. Meaning it's not just bathing, it's really also washing even piecemeal. But if for some reason you a person got dirty from mud or excrement then you wash regularly meaning you don't stint stint is that the right word on you don't scrimp whatever the word is here where you do not diminish the amount that you would wash for the sake of a concern about yom kippur no no you first get you make sure that you are clean from actual dirt right the the prohibition against bathing is i would say it's not about getting dirt off your body it's about cleaning that has an element of of, I don't know, pleasure or washing for the sake of washing, but not because there's actual dirt on any part of you. And then the Gemara continues, just as it is prohibited to bathe part of the body like the whole body, it is prohibited to anoint. But this, in, in this case, it means smearing some kind of oil on some part of the body the same way it'd be for the whole body. But, and here's the exception, and here's the exception, If the person is sick and therefore needs some medicinal salve or something, or if one has scabs on his head, which is not a very pretty picture, that would hurt if you do not use the oil, or again, I guess it applies to some kind of ointment, right? Um, This is not, this is like even without it being prescription, right? This is something that a person can decide on his own. uh, Then you can carry on in your usual manner, And you don't have to worry that there's a a violation of Yom Kippur because these are, again, this is not anointing for the fun of it or for for the cultural aspect of it. This is something more medicinal and therefore considered necessary in a different kind of way. And here's another exception. The school of Menashe taught that Rabbi Gamaliel, Rabbi, sorry, ben Gamaliel says that a woman can, wa- can wash one hand in water so that she's not touching any food, right? That's the point is that she's not touching any food before she's washed her hands in the morning and she can still give food to the child, to a child, and she doesn't have to worry that she's violating a concern, violating the bathing on Yom Kippur, meaning there's a way to to handle food that involves washing your hands. Or, you know, at least it starts by saying one hand. Um, and again, this is not a concern of bathing, rechitza. And then they say about Shammai, this is really interesting. al They said about Shammai, meaning Shammai hazakim, who goes with Hillel hazakim, right? We know about Shammai. He said he did not, it, it says that he did not want to feed his children with just the one hand. Why? Because he didn't want to have to wash the hand. So he, therefore, he didn't want to feed his children. I mean, he wanted to be stringent in this example that was given just above of how you could feed with one hand. So, but of course, the problem with then that is that you're not feeding children over Yom Kippur. So therefore, Allah, right? He has this extra stringency and they made a decree apparently against Shammai himself. Lachil b'shtedim. He had to wash both of his hands in order to make sure that so that he's not avoiding washing the one hand, he has to wash with both hands. And then, again, the reason, what's the reason he had to wash? What, meaning, so therefore he's going to have to wash both his hands so that he can feed the children. But then the question is, why do you have to wash your hands before touching food? And we would have a very different answer. Abai here says, because of Shifta. Shifta is an, apparently an evil spirit who would, you know, be on the hands in the morning before you've washed until you done in the morning. Um, we would, of course, wash our hands at any point in the day preparing food because of issues that we know about hygiene and cleanliness and so on. And then the Gemara has another couple of exceptions of what when you don't have to be worried that you're really violating. <speaking in Hebrew> If you're going to greet your father or your teacher or anybody who's greater than you are in wisdom, and you have to cross a river along the way. And this, of course, is fascinating because what are you doing on Yom Kippur? Again, this would be a very different Yom Kippur than the way we generally think of Yom Kippur. <clears throat> you could cross in the water all the way up to your neck and not worry that this is a violation of of Rachita of washing, because of course the point is that you're crossing the river in order to go greet the person you're going to greet. But then the Gemara comes and asks, you know, what if it's not somebody who's greater than you in terms of wisdom or whatever, and you know where you have to give the cover? What if the teacher is going to visit the student, and then um, and then this is the it ends up being a machloket um, or rather an inconclusive incident. But my point here in addressing these is to say that as much as these Inuyim are very serious, we're talking about Yim Kippur. On the other hand, there's also a very um, almost common sense approach here in terms of, you know, making sure that you are still, you're not walking around with, you know, any kind of actual filth on you. You're not subject to um, pain from a a skin eruption or something like that, that would require anointment and an ointment. Um, And, and yeah, you should wash your hands if it means that you would otherwise not be feeding your children. Hello. So I feel like the Gemara takes a very, like, again, a very common sense, you know, yes, you have these afflictions in Kipper, but also don't be an idiot about them.
0: You know, the other thing I, that struck me about this stuff, well, first of all, let's just go to Avaye. It's interesting on like before we were talking about something practical, like if you're dirty, wash it off. And Abay brings in this, like, really weird thing about the demon, <laughs> which, like, just seems so unnecessary.
1: Um, I think it's unnecessary because we don't live with demons in this way. I think that there is a—and we've seen this, like, go back to Brachot, right? I feel like demons were alive and well in the time of Chazal, and a very, very serious culprit in illness.
0: Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I mean, I guess—okay, fair. I think it's, like, a different understanding of illness— one that we don't relate to today. So does a demon right. mean what we would call a germ today or something like that? I think so. The other piece here that I want to mention is, is that, you know, up until now, when we've been talking about all the pieces of the avoda, there was very little about Yom Kippur where we saw like, you know, tanaim or Amarayim. And again, it's because they weren't doing the avoda. Their experience of Yom Kippur was not what happened in the Beit HaMikdash, So there wasn't sort of these eyewitness accounts. Here, when we get to the parak of how is Yom Kippur really practiced today, we start to see sort of the eyewitness accounts of halacha and how to learn halakha that way.
1: I really like that observation. I think this point about Shammai HaZakain is exactly that. But like we know something about what he was doing, or rather not doing, in his you know
0: excess observance of Yom Kippur, right? Which is and a different kind of thing, yeah. exactly. And and that's not something that we saw before. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. We're going to review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenee Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Download Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.